Julia says we're fine, so we're good to go, folks. Happy Wednesday evening, everybody. Pastor Lee here with Pastor Matthew, Black Oak Baptist Church in beautiful Clinton, Tennessee. How's everybody doing tonight? I see we've got four more people on here. If you're watching tonight, who's all on here so far? Put Say hello. Say, Mickey. Mickey is on here. Judy. Judy. How are you seeing this stuff? When they hit like, their little bubble pops up. Oh, people's got bubbles, Pastor Matthew says. Let's just hope we don't pop any of them bubbles tonight, why don't we? Say hello, folks. Tell us who's watching with you tonight. If, if you got your family gathered around with you, let us know that. Uh, tell us how many's watching with you tonight. I know it may say that there's uh, 20 people watching, but it could be double that if there's uh, two people watching with there on your device. So... Let us know who's watching, how many's watching from your home tonight. We're going to get into the Word of God. If you have your Bible near you or your tablet or Judy and Bill partners live here with us tonight on Facebook. Uh, we are in Matthew chapter 6 tonight. So if you got your Bibles there near you this evening, uh, we're going to be in Matthew chapter... Blake and Julia are watching tonight. Hello, Blake and Julia. I hope you're doing good. Uh, Blake, how are you liking school so far this year? Julia, type it on there. Is he liking school so far this year? Let us know uh, if he's enjoying his teachers. I hope you are. We've been praying for you guys and uh, you guys and gals who are back in school. So let us know how... School is going a little different. Melanie's on here tonight. Hello, Melanie. Been praying for you guys. Appreciate you all. We've been depending. He said so-so. Well, I understand that. So I, I get that. All right. If you got your Bibles, we're in Matthew chapter 6 tonight. We're looking in verses 9 through 13. And Mickey is here. Hello, Brother Mickey. Before we begin, Brother Matthew's going to lead us in a time of prayer, and that's what we're talking about tonight is prayer. We've entitled the topic this evening, um, Lord, Teach Us to Pray. And uh, we're looking tonight at what many people call the Lord's Prayer, but really, it's not the Lord's Prayer. We find the Lord's Prayer in the book of John and uh, this is really the model prayer. The, the disciples ask Jesus, Lord, teach us to pray. And uh, Jesus said, you pray in this manner. And so we're basically going to break down this model prayer tonight and uh, really talk about the subject of prayer. So before we talk about the subject of prayer, how about we do a little bit of praying? Brother Matthew, lead us off this evening. Lord, we thank you for this day that you've given us. We thank you, Lord, for the opportunity we have tonight to go live on Facebook, Lord, and to share this midweek devotion. And Lord, we pray for everyone watching today that you'd meet their needs, that you'd help them with what they're facing. And Lord, I pray tonight as we open your word and as we discuss this topic about prayer, Lord, I pray what the disciples prayed, that you would teach us to pray. Yeah. Lord, that you'd help each of our prayer lives to grow stronger. And Lord, to just be more in you. And Father, we just need your help tonight. I pray you'd meet with us in these few minutes. I pray you'd teach us to pray. Teach us what 
prayer is. And Lord, help us all. Lord, uh, Tozer said that no man is greater than his prayer life. And God, I pray you just help us to grow in our prayer lives tonight. Lord, we love you. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 All right, guys. Matthew chapter number 6. Not written by this Matthew, but another one. So just so we clear that up tonight. Uh, He's a good one, but, you know, different Matthew here. How about, Pastor Matthew, You let's just read these verses from the beginning. Let's just read through them, and then we'll go through and talk about them. Is that good? Mm -hmm. So uh, uh, Matthew chapter 6, if you're there uh, in your Bibles, let's start reading verse 9. Um, through verse number 13. Pastor, why don't you read those verses for us? All right. The Bible says, After this manner, therefore pray ye, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us of our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. So as we let off with, we said that this is a model prayer, and that's really what it is. It, Jesus basically gives us a, a guide on how to pray to our Father, okay? Uh, which is amazing, first of all, that we even have the mm. opportunity to pray. Uh, I sent an email to our deacon body this morning, and uh, I was telling them I woke up this morning with just an overwhelming feeling of thankfulness and gratitude that we even have the opportunity to talk to our Creator. And greater than that, we have the opportunity to talk to the the, the Savior of our souls. And how amazing is that, that, you know, God, He causes the sun to shine and the moon to come out and the stars and the flowers to bloom, but yet He takes time to listen to us. And I find that crazy. That as little as we are and as insignificant as we are, if you think about eternity... Okay, you think about forever. Our little life here on this earth is really insignificant in the whole scheme of eternity. But God loves us enough that he gives us the opportunity to approach him in prayer. Mm-hmm. Man, that, that'll put you on shouting ground. Yeah, that's a privilege. I mean, the fact that we could come into the throne room of God mm-hmm. and have his ear. At any time, morning, noon, night, midnight, uh, that it blows my mind yeah. that the God of everything even desires to hear from us. Mm-hmm. And even when we can't pray, Pastor Matthew and I was talking before we started tonight, even when we don't know what to pray, the Holy Spirit prays for us. Yes, yeah, makes intercessions for us. What's that scripture? Where's that at? Uh, Romans. Romans. He, uh, he has groanings that we can't even utter. That the Holy Spirit of God goes before the Father and, and speaks on our behalf. Have you ever been there where you're praying and you get to a point you don't even know what to say? Mm-hmm. 
I mean, maybe you're so burdened about something or the trial you're going through so bad and you literally don't know what to, what to say. And you're, you're, maybe you're crying and that's all you can do is cry. And the Isaacs used to sing a song uh, years ago, He Understands My Tears. And praise God for it. I mean, what a privilege prayer is. Yeah. And I don't mean to preach tonight. Go but, ahead. But uh, that, that that's amazing. So let's just get into this tonight. We've got a lot of ground to cover. We don't want to hold you too long. So uh, let's get into this. Matthew and I are going to share our thoughts as we go through it. So let's just begin in verse number nine. Uh, we have broken this down into about eight different topics, so we're going to try to get through this. And let me say tonight as well, if you've got a thought as we go through these scriptures tonight, type it in there, make a comment on here, and uh, share it with us. We'll read it, and we want to try to interact with everybody tonight uh, on this subject of prayer as we go through this model prayer. So, First of all, we see that prayer is about resting. So let's begin in verse number nine. Uh, Jesus said, when we pray, we ought to pray our Father, which art in heaven. And when I read that, what I see is, first of all, the fact that we could call him Father. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, the, the, the privilege we have to be called the sons and the daughters of God is almost beyond explanation. Yeah. And and really and, and to and to be honest, that's the only way we can call him fathers unless we're saved. Right. Right. So thoughts on that? Anything you on your heart on that? Well I thought about where Jesus says after this manner therefore pray ye our Father which art in heaven. We're not approaching some God who holds a lightning bolt in his hand. Mm-hmm. We're, we're not approaching a dead Buddha or Muhammad in the grave. Right. But we're approaching our Father. And right. I, I thought about Romans 8.15 says, For you've not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you've received the spirit of adoption, yeah. whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Yeah. When, we, when we come in prayer, we're not... We have to get out of the mindset of I'm I'm coming before this God who holds a lightning bolt in his hand waiting to strike me dead. That's yeah. what Satan wants us to think. And we have to remember we're coming before the same one who sent his only begotten son to die on a cross so that yeah. we could come to Amen. him. So that's what I thought about. We've not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but adoption. Yes. We've, we've been adopted into the royal family. And we yeah. can come before him mm. and pray. We can make those petitions and those requests known unto God. That's the privilege of being part of the family. Yeah. You know, what's that story you've told me about um, the gentleman who needed to uh, re- make a request to Abraham Lincoln? What, yeah. What's that story? That that man, his his two sons were in the military and his wife was at home dying, and he wanted to get home to get to to get to those sons in the military to bring them home so they could see their mom before she died. And the Bible, uh, the story was that he traveled all the way to the White House, and he wanted to go in to see Abraham Lincoln. And he told the guards the story at the door, and the the guards laughed at him mm. and said, "Sir, we're not going. He's got more important matters than that." Yeah. And then the story tells it that he went out on a park bench and he began to cry. And this little boy walked up to him and he, he said, "What, well, sir, what's wrong? 
And he said, I've got a need, son. He said, it, it don't pertain to you. You couldn't help me. And the boy kept prodding him till he told him the story. And he said, come with me. Yeah. And they went back to the doors of where the president's quarters were and knocked on the door. And those guards opened up and he said, you're going to get us in trouble, boy. They're not going to hmm. let us in. And those guards stepped to the side of detention and they went through corridor, through corridor and corridor and finally to the president's doors. And he said, boy, don't open those doors. You're going to get in trouble. And that little boy swung open them doors and he said, daddy, he said, mm. this man's got a problem. It was Abraham Lincoln's son. Yeah. And he had direct access to the father and Abraham Lincoln fixed that problem yeah. for him. Got his sons home. Same with us. Yeah. Because we are... Sons and daughters of God, we have direct access to the great leader. Yeah, you know, and 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 what a privilege that is. And I think that's the um, the one of the points Jesus was making here when he says we need to start our prayers out with Father. We need to address Him as the oh you know, we realize, and I think it's also a form of praise. Yeah. You know, when we come for him and we say father or, or God or whatever we address him, that's a form of praise mm -hmm. that we are allowed to call him that. Yeah, so it's a privilege. Yeah. And then he goes on to say our father, which art. And I love that. I wrote down here. This tells us that God currently exists, which mm -hmm. art. He's not a past tense God. He is the God of yesterday. Mm -hmm. We know that. He, he was God of yesterday and the day before and last year and 2,000 years ago and 3,000 years ago. Uh, he was the God of everything before everything even was. Mm -hmm. But when Jesus gives us this model prayer, he says, Our Father which art tells us that he currently is. He's the present tense God. Mm -hmm. And I think about the Psalms where the Bible says he's a very present help mm -hmm. in the time of trouble. And uh, what a glorious thought it is whenever we are in the thick of the battle. And even in the thick of the battle, God is present. And not only is he present, he's a present help in the time of trouble. I say it often from our pulpit, but Jesus has the answer for every question of life. Mm -hmm. Greater than that, he is the answer yeah. for every question of life. And then the question is, well, what are the questions mm -hmm. of life? Well, any question you've got, he's yeah. the answer for it. So uh, I, I just really, that's, that spoke to my heart whenever uh, Jesus said, which art. And since he is real, we can rest by approaching him in prayer. I can be at rest in my spirit and in my soul whenever I go to him in prayer, knowing that he is presently there. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. The writer of Hebrews said, he ever liveth to make intercession for yeah, us. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. He's interceding for us in this very moment. Yeah. He's there. Yeah. Uh, you know, I heard one preacher say, God writes with a pen that never blots and he speaks with a tongue that never slips and he acts with a hand that never fails. Mm, that's right. And that's, uh, that's just who he is. He is a God that is. He is a present God. And then he says in heaven, which is a place of honor and a place of power, it also tells us he's above the evils of the world. Um, you know, Solomon in... Ecclesiastes, he talks about 
all is vanity. He, you know, he looks everywhere, and everywhere he looks is vanity. And but then he starts talking about all is vanity under the sun. Everything under the sun is vanity. And that's because Solomon was looking for the answers to life under the sun. But the answers to life is above the sun. And God lives in a place above the world, above the evils of the world. And I think that's another reason we can rest in praying to God is because he lives and exists and rules above our problems. Amen. So, okay, let's move to the second point tonight. So we know prayer is about resting. Because of who God is, we can rest uh, in our prayers. I see Dad's commenting tonight. We pray God's will, not ours. That is exactly right. We're going to get down here just a minute to that in verse number 10. Let's continue in verse number 9. So prayer is about resting. Secondly, prayer is about reverencing. So he wraps up. Uh, hallowed be thy name. So after this manner pray, therefore pray ye our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Uh, the word hallowed there means to set aside from profane things. And so what God is saying, or what Jesus is saying there, is that God is separate from sin and he's separate from sinners. Matthew, if you don't mind, turn to Hebrews 7.26. I believe it is. Uh, are you there? Mm-hmm. Read that verse to us, Hebrews seven twenty six. It says, For such a high priest became us, who is holy, harmless, undefiled, separate from sinners, and made higher than the heavens. Yeah. And so, what does that mean? Does that mean God hates sinners? Absolutely not. Mm-hmm. What that means is, for sinners to become clean, there has to be a Savior who's holier than that sin. And so, uh, yes, he's separate from sin. He's hallowed, or hallowed, however you want to say that word. But not only is he separate from sin, he's separate from sinners, and that's what gives him the power to bring sinners from death to life. Yeah. yeah. If my Savior was a sinner, he couldn't help me much. No, no. <laughs> if your Savior tonight is just like you, he ain't going to help you much. That's that's why if you're facing Muhammad or Buddha, uh, just a man, they're not going to get you very far. But if your Savior is that high priest that Hebrews there talks about, Hebrews 7 talks about, uh, he can clean you up. Yeah. Make Amen. you right. Any thoughts on that? Amen. He's holy. Yeah. He's holy. He deserves that that first place when we come in prayer. Yeah. Amen. My My thing is... What I think about when I come in prayer is before I, I dare ask for anything, I, I should thank him for who he is. Yes. What he's already done and how often I fail at that. Yeah, me too. How often we fail, but he, he's holy. He deserves our praise. Amen. And I wrote down here, to hallow his name means we give him first place in our thoughts while we're praying. We don't focus on ourselves, and I do that, I think, if we're all honest, I think everybody watching right now could type amen. Lots of times we go to prayer and we are self-focused, self-centered. It's about what we want, what we need. God, I need this. God, I need that. God, help me with this. God, help me with that. And what Jesus is teaching here whenever he talks about 
you know, hallowed be thy name. Part of that phrase is he's teaching us we need to focus on God rather than ourselves. Mm -hmm. Because it is so easy when we pray for us to focus on us. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, uh, you know, when we've got problems and we all have got problems every i'm sitting right here before you tonight and i've got problems master matthew has problems kayla our media director sitting out of sight here she's got problems we've all got them she just waved she said amen we've all got them guys there's not a person on earth that don't have problems and that's why it's so easy to go to god and just I guess treat prayer like a complaint department. Yeah. You know what I mean? Have you ever been there, Brother Mickey? Thank you for saying amen. I'm glad I ain't the only one. Sometimes, I, I mean, truly, that's how I feel like I treat my prayer life sometimes is uh, that it's just God's complaint department and I go and I give him all my complaints. But Jesus is teaching us here that we need to, when we're praying, we need to take the focus off of ourselves and put it on to God. Mm-hmm. And uh, and that's I think that's a very important key. Okay, let's move on to the third point. We see that prayer is about resting. It's about reverencing. And then now getting into verse 10, we see prayer is about reigning. Uh, he says in the first part of this verse, Thy kingdom come. The word kingdom there means royal power, kingship, or to rule or to reign. So this petition here, specifically, as Jesus, again, is giving us this model prayer, is a petition that we express our desire for God to rule as king in our lives, that his kingdom come into our lives. Mm-hmm. Here's my problem, Matthew, and I'll let you take it and, and share whatever's on your heart. My problem is, too many times, Lee Hickman sits on the throne of my heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He needs to be dethroned sometimes. Yeah. Well, he needs to be dethroned all the time. Yeah. But too many times I find I, I I'm I'm trying to be the king and the ruler of my own life. Mm-hmm. And what Jesus is trying to teach us here, and again the disciples uh come to the Lord on several occasions, say, Lord, teach us to pray. Lord, show us what it means to pray. What is prayer? is part of his teaching is we need to get off the throne of our heart, dethrone ourselves, and make him truly king Mm -hmm. of kings and Lord and Lord of our lives. Yeah. He says, thy kingdom come. Mm -hmm. We need his will. We need Mm -hmm. his way. My way and my... The Bible says that his thoughts are not mine and his ways are not mine. And thank God for that because if they were, I'd be dead. Yeah. I'd be in a... I think to put it in East Tennessee terms, it's we need to get out of the driver's seat and let him have it again. Yeah. I, 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 I pray that often in my life because... Then I'll give the Lord the driver's seat, but I'm still trying to reach over and shift gears yeah, that's right. and go at my pace. That's right. But do you remember what Jesus said to the people? He said, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself, yeah. pick up his cross, and follow me. Yeah. I think the thing that we need to do for his kingdom to come is we need to crucify the flesh mm. daily. Yeah. Because you're right. That's good. There's times that we want to be in control. 
or Lord, this is the way that I want it to go, but when that should not be the way we pray, the Lord knows the desires of our hearts. Yeah. And it's, the Bible says, delight yourself in him and he'll give you the desires of your heart. Listen, he's not going to give you a brand new Ferrari. It's not what I'm saying. Amen. Delight yourself in the Lord. He'll give you the desire of your heart. But I believe that only comes when we surrender to his lordship, yeah, to right. his kingship. That's right. His kingdom needs to come first. So I'm not the only one. I, there's been times I've prayed in the past and literally have come to God with my wish list mm -hmm. and said, God, here's what I want. Here's what I need. And then I'll say, and here's how I think it needs to be done. <laughs> I mean, I, it, it's, I think we've all done it before. It, it's part of our human nature, I guess. And, and Jesus is teaching we need to get rid of our thoughts. Again, his ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. I wrote this down when talking about making Jesus truly king of our lives. Anything less than allowing Jesus absolute reign in our life is rebellion. Yeah. Because that's what he asked for. Amen. Not, and maybe we need to say it a little bit more clear than that. It's not what he asked for, it's what he demands. Because again, like you just referenced, if any man follow me, he must deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. And so that that's not a suggestion. That's a command from the Lord Jesus Christ is that we take up our cross, follow him. And anything less than that is rebellion in our life. And compared to God's will and compared to God's reign in our life, our best ideas, our best thoughts are disastrous anyway. Yeah. I mean, I, I might have some thoughts for my life and what it, how I ought to be and what life ought to be like, yada, yada, yada. But outside of God's will and his absolute rule in my life, my, bet, my very best thoughts for my life are disastrous anyway. Mm -hmm. So, any more thoughts on that before we keep mm -hmm. going? Okay. All right, let's go on to our fourth topic here about prayer. So uh, number four, prayer is about resigning. We're now still in verse number 10. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. So what does that mean? It kind of goes along with... Um, Yes, amen to that, Melanie. I absolutely agree. I have made messes of things. Yeah. And uh, I, I have made messes of my life in a lot of ways. And that's why... And you would think, after making so many messes in life and through life, that I, I would learn just to give it to God and forget about it. Mm -hmm. But man, so many times we just... Go right back to the, the flesh. We battle with it daily. You know, Paul talked about the, the things that I know I should do, I don't do. Mm -hmm. And the things I know I uh, shouldn't do, I do. And it's just a struggle. It's a battle uh, every day. So prayer is about resigning. It's about resigning our will and giving him his will. Thy will be done as it is in heaven. God's will is completely and wholly carried out in heaven. And as God's people, we must resign our own will and pray for God's will to be accomplished on the earth. What's your thoughts on that there? Any thoughts? 
really stick out to you there? I, I think about seek first the kingdom of God, mm-hmm. and then his righteousness shall be added unto you. It, it's about resigning. There's been times in my life, and again tonight, we're just being honest with you. As pastors, we're not perfect people. We're yeah. just as broken as you are. And what you said a minute ago, how you think you would learn and not make these mistakes over again, I think that shows our frailty, if that's a word. Mm-hmm. I think that shows our need for prayer, our, yeah. our need for the Savior. And I think there's times in my life where I've had to realize it's not about me. Right. It's about Him. Right. It's yeah. not about the people that I get. It's not about me preaching in a meeting and, and something happening. Yeah. It's about God doing something. Right. Yes. It, it, I agree with you. It's resigning to His Lordship again. That This is all about Him, that the reason that you and I exist is to give God glory. That's right. It's to have fellowship with Him and to praise Him, to make His name known. So I, I agree with you. It's We have to resign and lay all we are at His feet for yeah. all He is. Yeah, that's right. Uh, I think about Romans 12, 1 and 2. Paul said, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Again, resigning yourself, sacrificing yourself as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God. And here's the phrase that I think is is so powerful, which is your reasonable service. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's just the reasonable thing you can do. Yeah. After all he's done for us, saving our souls and blessing us and and answering prayers and just watching over us, all the things he's done, just the most reasonable thing you can do is to resign yourself to him mm-hmm. and allow his will. And then he goes on to say, and be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. One of the uh, I think more important words in verse 2 of chapter 12 of Romans is the word prove. He said that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. I think the challenge today in the 21st century church is that we need to start proving it. Yeah, We've stopped proving it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we, we are just conforming to the world around us, but Paul says we need to prove what is good, prove what is acceptable, prove what is perfect, prove the will of God in our life. And you, and the will of God isn't something for us to understand all the time. We're not always going to know the will of God in our life. The will of God is something we don't understand. It's just something we simply undertake. Yeah. We, we, we just accept God's will and we you know, we move forward. And the road may get rough sometimes. Mm-hmm. But if it's God's road, it's going to be okay anyway. It's worth it. <laughs> I mean, it's nothing we got to worry about. So that's my thought on, on that part of verse 10. Any other thoughts there on that? Okay, so first of all, we see prayers about resting. Our Father, which art in heaven. Prayers about reverencing. Hallowed be thy name. Prayers about reigning, thy kingdom come. Prayers about resigning, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And then number five, we see prayer is about requesting. It's in verse 11, give us this day our daily bread. And whenever I read this part of the model prayer, 
what simply comes to my mind is when we pray that, give us this day our daily bread, what we're saying is, God, I can't make it without you. Mm-hmm. I, 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 every day of my life, I need you and desire you uh, to provide for me because I can't make it without you. Mm-hmm. That's the thought I had on that. Yeah, I think when he says, give us this day our daily bread, it it's what we're saying is we're not saying what we were saying a minute ago. We're not saying that it's wrong to pray and to ask God for things. Sure. We're commanded to do that in the Bible. Yeah. But it's the matter in which we do them. James said you have not because you ask not. Mm-hmm. And he said you have not because you ask amiss, amiss according yeah. to your own lust. But Jesus is saying give us this day our daily bread. What's one thing we can't live without? Right. Food. Our physical bodies cannot survive. But do you remember what Jesus said to Satan in Matthew 4? Man cannot live by bread alone, yeah. but by every word that proceedeth forth out of the mouth of God. So if you're out there tonight watching this video and you have a need and you're struggling with something, I've been there. Yeah. I've been there this week. And yeah. I thought about Hebrews 4.16 where the writer said, Let us therefore come boldly, boldly. under the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Again, he's a very present help in a time of trouble. So if you're out there tonight and and you have a need, it's okay to approach the throne of God. And I believe by doing that, we're confessing that we need him. Right. Yeah. You and I cannot make it without him. Mm -hmm. And I believe that is Jesus reminding us it's okay to ask him for help. Right. You and I can't live the Christian life or do the will of God on our own. Right. Yeah. We'll surely fail. So I believe, again, like you said in some other verses that you listed there, that it's okay to ask for help. Yeah. It's okay to bring those needs before him. He's right. the preacher, I love you with all my heart, but you can't meet the need that he can. Well, I agree to my that. My wife can't meet the need that he can. Yeah. I and agree. I can't meet the need that he can. But yeah. he can supply according to his, his riches, and, riches glory. and glory. And that is true. And, and I think, like you said, it is it is okay for us to bring our needs before the Lord. But what we find is the order in which we bring them to him mm-hmm. in prayer. What Jesus is showing us here is praise must precede our problems, I guess yeah, you could yeah. say. Mm-hmm. You know, don't just come to God and say, okay, God, here's all my problems and have it but what part of the model prayers jesus is teaching we need to begin our prayers with praise mm-hmm. you know our father which art in heaven hallowed be thy name that's a form of praise and after we are done thanking him and praising him and recognizing him for who he is then we can bring those needs to mm-hmm. god uh job 42 verse 2 um uh, job is talking to the lord and says I know that thou canst do everything and that no thought can be withholden from thee. So Job, if you know anything about his story, he had problems. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he lost everything. He lost his family, his, his home, his land, his possessions. And in the middle of all that, he confesses, God, I know you can do everything. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, what about Luke one thirty seven? Can you find that one? And then I'll I'll look at Ephesians three twenty. Pastor Matthew's gonna find Luke one thirty seven. Says for with God nothing shall be impossible. Again, the Bible is packed full 
with promises. And not only that, I, I think you could call them testimonies. The Bible's mm-hmm. packed full with testimonies of what all God can do. For with God, nothing is impossible. Amen. Ephesians 3 Verse 20, now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or think, according to the power that worketh within us. So Paul is saying there to the church at Ephesus, God can even do greater things than what you've been asking for. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that is, um, that, that's amazing thought and concept. Uh, all right, let's keep going. So we know God is able. He can. He will take care of his children. I wrote this down, anything God orders, he'll pay the bill for. Amen. And, uh, and so we praise the Lord for that. So bring your requests to God. Bring your uh, requests and make them be made known unto God. Let's move on to verse 12. Uh, prayer is about releasing. Verse 12 says, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Now, the word debt here refers to the fact that when we sin, now this is after we are born again, okay? Um, to have a fruitful and active prayer life to God, you have to be a child of God. We know that. We, right. we settled that in verse number nine. So the word debt here refers to the fact that after we sin, as Christians, we owe God something. Because when he saved us, he purchased us. We're bought with a price, with the precious blood of Christ. So when we're sin, what we're doing is we're using his property for something it isn't intended to be used for. Mm -hmm. And so that's where that word debt comes from. So what we're saying is, Lord, forgive us for using your property for something that it shouldn't be used for. Mm -hmm. And I've done that plenty of times in my Christian walk. I have failed the Lord. And so now Jesus is showing us that we, in our prayer life, we need to seek forgiveness of our sins. And if the Bible says, if any man says he has no sin, he's a liar. Not only is he a liar, but further than that, John goes on to say, he maketh God to be a liar. Mm -hmm. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to call God a liar. Okay? And so I fail. And in my prayer life, I have, you have, to seek forgiveness of those sins because mm-hmm. we owe him a debt. Because, again, we're using our, our bodies that we should be presenting as living sacrifice to him for something that God didn't intend for it to yeah. be used for. Any thoughts on that? Uh, David said, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. Hear me. Yeah. I, I think... To have a fruitful prayer life, like you said, there cannot be sin abiding within our camp, if you will. Yeah. I, I don't think we can reach hands for the Savior while we're down here holding hands with the devil. Mm. I, I believe that that has to be clean. To have that fruitful prayer life, we have to ask for forgiveness. And by the way, if you're out there today and you say, Preacher, I've messed up, First John 1 and 9, if we confess, yes. he's faithful and just to forgive us yes. and cleanse, cleanse us from us. all unrighteousness. Yeah. The Bible says you're out there and you're a Christian today and you say, Preacher, I've fallen. The Bible says, Though he fall, he shall not utterly be cast down, Slam. for I yeah. hold him in my hand. Yeah. Amen. He can forgive those sins today. <laughs> the promise still stands. Yeah. The promise is still valid. 
But we have to reach out for it in faith. Yes. As far as the east is from the west, so far as he removed our transgressions Amen. from us. Amen. He wants us to have that prayer life that's yes. clean. We're about to have a meeting right here, and it's I'm telling you, it's good tonight. Amen to that. And that's why we must seek from forgiveness from God to have that open communication. I'm telling you right now, if me and Mrs. Hickman are having issues... Our communication life ain't too good. Right. Okay? But as long as everything's good, then our communication is good. Mm -hmm. Same with me and the Lord. Yeah. As long as my relationship is clean and clear with Him, my communication is clean and clear with Mm -hmm. Him. And, And that's amazing. But this verse not only speaks about forgiveness from God, forgive us our debts, Jesus goes on to say, as we forgive our debtors. And notice that's not, again, a suggestion. Mm -hmm. Jesus is almost saying it as though he already assumes that as Christians, we're going to forgive one another. Jesus doesn't even put a caveat in there to say, well, hopefully if the Christians do what they're going to do, they'll forgive their debtors. He just already assumes that as Christians, we're going to love one another and seek forgiveness mm-hmm. when you know we're supposed to. And, and we are never more like Jesus than when we forgive those that hurt us. Yeah. You remember what Jesus said on the cross, Father, forgive them yeah. for they know not what they do. And so I, I, what I'm afraid of is today too much church work is being done by folks who aren't right with God and aren't right with one another. And, and and I would say tonight, if you're out there and you know that there is something between you and somebody else, forgive that debt, whatever that is. Call that person. I mean, two of the greatest words that is in the English language is I'm sorry mm-hmm. or you're forgiven. I mean, th- those two things. And again, if I'll say this too. If mine and your relationship isn't right, then mine and his relationship right, ain't right. Right. I, I can't be right with God if I'm not right with mm-hmm. my fellow men. And so this verse and this part of the prayer is twofold, forgiveness horizontally and vertically. Mm-hmm. So thoughts on that before we move forward? I, I thought about just prior what Jesus said in Matthew 23. He said, Therefore, if thou bring thy gift to the altar, and there rememberest that thy brother hath ought against thee, Leave there thy gift before the altar, and go thy way. First, be reconciled to thy brother, and then come and offer thy gift. Charles Spurgeon said something like this a long time ago. He said, it's absolutely absurd for a man to say he's born again, and yet live like the rest of the world. Mm. And what's that thing that sets us apart, that models what Jesus was about. It's love. And entitled in that is forgiveness. Forgiveness, The Bible says, if all possible, live peaceably with all men. So I agree with you there. If me and my wife are fighting and we have a situation go on and then I try to go in my prayer time and get something done, it's not going to happen. C.T. Townsend one time said him and his wife fought the entire way to church. And it was about being late for church. And he handled the situation wrong. And when he got there, the pastor said, I'm going to tell you what, we're going to start different today. CT and Becky, why don't you come sing us a song before Mm. service begins? He said there was hundreds of people in the church. 
And the pastor opened up in prayer and he said the Holy Ghost spoke to him and said, you can do one of two things. You can sing and I won't be in a million miles of this or you can get right with your wife right now and I'll do something. Mm. And he said right then they prayed, asked each other to forgive them. They were reconciled first to each other and said the moment she began to sing, people began to come to the altar. I'm telling you, if we as God's people want to see revival... If we want to see a meeting break out, we have to be willing to forgive like Jesus is, did. That is true. Amen to that. That the power of simple forgiveness yeah. goes a long way. All right, let's move on to verse number 13. We see that prayer here is about relying. Verse 13, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And we know that Sorry, getting a phone call there. Let's restart that. Prayer is about relying, verse 13, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Uh, we know that God does not lead his people to sin. Can you find James 1, verse 13 for us? James 1, 13. We, and this is, the reason I want to bring this up is because when we read this verse, and it says, and lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. Some people think, well, does that mean God leads us into sin? Mm-hmm. No, we know that. So read James one thirteen if you don't mind. Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. Right. So what I believe this is saying, and I guess, like Pastor Matthew said earlier, in East Tennessee terms is, Lord, don't lead us into a trial which will present a temptation stronger than our power to resist it. The need for us to pray for the Lord's protection from temptation is so great because we're prone to failure. Mm -hmm. So I I pray and ask the Lord, Lord, help me not to be tempted Mm -hmm. because my weakness in temptation is strong. Mm -hmm. And so I'm asking God, God, not that God will tempt us, but God help me not to be tempted because my weakness to fall into that temptation is so strong. So thoughts on that? He's not the author of confusion, but of peace. Peace, yeah. Uh, That's what the Bible says. So Mm -hmm. when when we're tempted... With evil, with temptation, we're being sifted as wheat. Yeah. As Jesus said, Satan wanted to do to Peter. Peter, yeah. And we look here and lead us not into temptation. Quickly, what I thought about is 1 Corinthians ten thirteen, that when that temptation comes, the Bible says, Therefore hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who mm-hmm. will not suffer you to be tempted above that you're right. able but will with the temptation also make a way of escape Mm. that you may be able to bear it. Mm -hmm. They're praying, Lord, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. That's what that verse is saying. You ever heard somebody say he's not going to put more on you than you can handle? Mm. In in an aspect, that's right. Mm -hmm. And then you told me to turn to James, and I seen verse 12. It said, Blessed is the man that endureth temptation, for when he is tried... He shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. That's right. There, I think, in a way, 
if you could put it this way, if they were able to look ahead to the Garden of Gethsemane, they would have been praying against that situation where they kept falling asleep. Yeah. And Jesus said, the spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Flesh is he weak. said, watch and pray, lest you enter into temptation. Yes, I believe he's he doesn't want to lead us down that path, but Satan does. Yeah. But the Lord has given us everything we need right here. Yeah. You don't need 10 steps of how to avoid temptation. Yeah, right. You've got an inspired, infallible Word yeah. of God Bible. We've got a roadblock right yeah, here. That's right. Yeah. Temptation is a powerful foe, but it's not in the same league as Jesus. Yeah. And, and you know, oftentimes, though, whenever we do give in to that temptation and we do give in and sin, whatever that sin is, if it's gossip or backbiting or complaining or adultery or drugs, whatever that sin is, as a Christian, what we're doing is trading in that living water for sewage water. Yeah. And, and that's the, the seriousness of what we're dealing with yeah. in spiritual life. Jesus said, you know, if you drink the water, I'll give you to be like a, a well of living water springing up within you. But when we decide to follow that temptation, um, what we're saying is we don't want that living water. We'd rather have the sewage water of the world. Yeah. And so um, even though temptation is powerful, Jesus is more powerful and, and we just need to trust him. Yeah. And again, trust the roadblock. Yeah. You know, um, okay, let's move on. We don't want to keep you all here all night long. So we have looked number one through this model prayer. Prayers about resting. Our Father which is in heaven. Prayers about reverencing. Hallowed be thy name. Prayers about reigning. Thy kingdom come. Prayers about resigning. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Prayers about request, requesting. Give us this day our daily bread. Prayers about releasing, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Prayers about relying, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Lastly, tonight, we see that prayer is about rejoicing. In verse 13, the last part of that verse, For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. So this prayer literally begins, or ends as it begins, and that's with praise. <laughs> It starts out with praise, and it ends with praise. Uh, for thine is the kingdom. He is sovereign, and he is supreme. He is Lord over all. No one will dethrone him. He is king. He will always be king. The Alpha and the Omega. Alpha, Omega, the beginning and the end, the first, the last. He, He's God. Yeah. Okay? He... Uh, what was that old apostolic preacher's name? Um... Oh, man. Shambach. Uh, what was his first name? I, I can't remember his first name. If you're out there tonight and you're listening, oh, what was his first name? Shambach was his last name. But he'd always sing a song. Uh, he's been with the Lord now several years, but he'd always sing a song. I know God is God, and he'll always will be God. He's God in the front. He's God in the back. He's God from side to side. He'll always will be God. And uh, he, he, I mean, he is God. Uh, for thine is the kingdom. It's his kingdom. I think about Daniel. I think about the visions of the Old Testament about where the king had the vision, you know, of, 
of the idol set up and it was made out of all of these different materials which represented all the kingdoms of the world and then uh in his dream he had a vision of a rock being hewn out of a mountain and it came rolling down and it, it destroyed that idol that was set up and that rock became a great kingdom and uh that that's what jesus did he came and he destroyed all the kingdoms of this world and now his kingdom is forever yeah and he is kingdom and and the power his power is enormous is is eternal and and there's so many verses that speak to this genesis 8:14 job 42:2 psalm 62:11 jeremiah 32:17 matthew 19:26 and we can pray in confidence because of his power mm-hmm. i can come before his throne faith believing that Whatever I request of him, if it's in his will, he can perform Mm -hmm. because he is all-powerful. Robert Schambach. That might be R... I think he went by initials. R.W. Schambach, maybe, so it may be Robert. Yeah, I think you're right, Judy. Maybe it's R.W. Schambach, something like that. Yeah, I think you're correct. And glory forever, all glory belongs to God and... uh, and then he wraps up in verse 13, as we normally do in our prayers, amen. What's your thoughts on that? Last I, I, I like how it ends, how it begins. It shows the central theme of yeah. prayer. Yeah. You remember in Revelation where John asked the elder, or the elder asked him, who are these? Yeah. And he said, thou knowest. And he said, these are they that came out of great tribulation washed their robes in the blood of the Lamb. Yeah. And day and night they were singing, Holy, Holy, Holy. I, I have a spoiler alert today. When we get to heaven, that's all we're going to be doing yep, is right. praising the Lamb. So might as well begin now. There, right. I'm telling you, I, you can pick the Bible apart, but you're not going to be kicked up in your mansion watching Scooby-Doo. No, we're going to be around the throne of God worshiping and praising Him forever. I believe we'll have a full understanding of the hell that he saved us from. Yeah, amen. And I love how it begin, ends how it begins. It shows the central theme of it. Preacher, have you ever been in a situation where you couldn't get out of it? Mm-hmm. And if God didn't do something for you in that situation, mm. you'd have been in trouble? Yes, sir. Our Sunday school teacher, Brother Ralph, has been just got done teaching about rejoicing in our trials. Yeah. And the other day, I was fighting the enemy hard and the worries of this world. And all of a sudden, the Lord just said, praise me. Hmm. And I began to do what that verse says, for thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. And amen. I just began to praise God for all that he's done. And you know what happened to the trial? It vanished. Praise is our greatest weapon. Because when we praise God for who he is, we're realizing we're proclaiming, we're confessing that he is Lord of all. And Satan cannot stand that because he wants us to worship the idols of this world. But I believe when we praise, those chains will begin to fall. So I love how it ties in together. And we know the psalmist said that God inhabits the praises of his people. And so if you want God to show up, just start praising him a little while, you know. So what we find tonight is simply this. Prayer does not need any more proof. It just needs more practice. Yeah. We Prayer works, folks. It does. Uh, it, it's, a, it's the most powerful tool a Christian has 
We just need to practice it more. And I wrote this down, Matthew, this afternoon. And, uh, you know, we, we don't know what heaven's going to be like. We, we've got a small glimpse in Scripture. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, even Jesus and the Word of God teaches us it's not entered into our hearts. We, we don't even have the, the slightest idea what's mm-hmm. going to be there. But, uh, and we know John in Revelation, he sees a glimpse of glory and he said God will wipe away all the tears from their eyes. And, but I wrote this, I wrote this thought down, think, just thinking about prayer. I said, if there are tears in heaven, they will be over the fact we prayed so little. Yeah. I mean, I think when we get to heaven and we see the awesome nature of God mm-hmm. in all of his holiness and who he is, if there are tears in heaven, it'll be over the fact that we just, we've realized we prayed too little mm-hmm. on earth. And so if you're out there tonight and you're struggling, pray. Yeah. If you don't feel like praying, pray. If you don't know what to pray, pray okay paul encourages us in his writings when all we've done is stand stand okay so we want to pray for you tonight i hope this has been a blessing to you if you've watched it with us live um if you're watching it later on this week or whenever we hope as we've broken down this model prayer that maybe you've learned something about prayer itself and it'll help you in your prayer life as you talk to the Lord. Uh, but if you're out there tonight and you need prayer, we want to pray for you. Uh, you can send us a message here on our Facebook page, a private message. If you don't want to do a public comment here on the video, send us a private message and let us know how we can pray for you. Say, hey, I've been struggling with this, or hey, I've got a fear over this, or I've got a doctor's appointment, whatever it is. We, we would be honored to lift your name to our Heavenly Father. And I I promise you, whatever you share with us will not go beyond us. Uh, We we find it uh, not only a privilege and an honor to help pray for your needs, uh, but we find it a confidential thing too. We won't share it with anybody else. Uh, So you message us here on our church's Facebook page. Let us know how we can pray for you and we'll be delighted to do so. So I hope you enjoyed it tonight. Lord, teach us to pray as we get out of here this evening. Brother Matthew, why don't you close us out as you did before in prayer. Lord, we just thank you for this time, this opportunity that you've given us, Lord, to open your word. And Lord, what a precious thing that the word of God is. And Lord, that you've given us the instructions that we need for our everyday life. And Lord, I pray you teach us to pray. God, I pray for everyone that watches this video, Lord, that you would help their prayer life. Lord, I believe if we were all honest, Lord, I know that my prayer life needs your help. It's not always what it should be. And Lord, we need your help to pray more, to seek your face more. But Lord, we need your help to worship you and to praise you more. So Lord, we come to you and we thank you for Mm. the cross. We thank you for Calvary. Lord, we thank you for saving our undeserving souls from that place called hell. Lord. Lord, worthy is the lamb that was slain. And God, I just pray you'd prepare our hearts for heaven and you'd help us to start praising you now. I pray for that person that's struggling right now, Lord, that they would praise your name through this trial. God, I pray for that person out there that may be lost, Lord, that they would see their need for you and they would accept you as Savior. 
Lord, I pray you'd teach us to pray. And God, help us to hold to your hand. Lord, there's times we feel like giving up. Lord, I know there's times Satan's tried to make me give up. But God, I pray you'd encourage us to press on Mm. and to pray on. Lord, one of these days we're going to see you. Yes. And Lord, it'll be worth it after all. Lord, we love you. I pray for everyone watching this video tonight that they get a blessing from this. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Good night. God bless you, everybody. We'll see you this Sunday live here on Facebook at 1045. We appreciate you. Good night and God bless you.